So if you are debating whether or not you should be selling books exclusively on Amazon or if you should be wide, then I have a special guest on here today to help me to talk about selling books on Kobo. If you are a fantasy author, then you've come to the right place. My name is Jesper and together with Autumn, we have together published more than 20 books and our aim is to help you with your writing and marketing and selling books based on our experience. So actually today, as I was just saying before, I have a special guest on and I'm very, very pleased to, to have Mark on here to help me because uh, Mark has a very, let's say, good insight and special insights in talking about selling books on Kobo, even though he's doing something else today, which I'll let him himself uh, explain in just a second. But uh, thank you very much for, for coming on to Am Writing Fantasy, Mark. It's a great pleasure. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. So maybe just to make people know a bit about you, maybe you can say a bit about both what you're doing today, but also specifically maybe your, your prior working life, because it's, it's very uh, relevant in the conversation we're having here. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I've been in the book industry since 1992. I started as a bookseller. Um, specific to our conversation here, I worked for Kobo uh, between 2011 and 2017. And when I was there, uh, I was the director of self-publishing and author relations. And I created Kobo Writing Life, the self-publishing platform. So for those who aren't familiar with it, it would be very akin to what, what KDP or Kindle Direct Publishing is to Kindle and Amazon, Kobo Writing is to Kobo. It's a published direct platform free. I think it's a lot sexier, of course, and a lot more user uh, <laughs> because it was built by an author for other authors. Now, I left Kobo at the end of 2017 because I wanted to write full-time and do uh, consulting for publishers and writers. I couldn't keep my hands out of the business um, because at the end of 2018, I joined a part-time role uh, with draft to digital which is an aggregator that distributes ebooks and converts them for free to Kobo, to Kindle, to Apple, to Nook, to Google, to Tolino, to a whole bunch of other uh, platforms as well. So I couldn't not want to build cool things for writers. So I kind of needed to keep my fingers in the uh, in the in the muck, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> uh, and 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 sort of that's where I am today, uh, doing a combination of writing and and basically helping authors. And and I really want to help authors sell broadly and sell globally rather than just selling really really well in the UK and in the US on Amazon, which is usually what you're getting from that platform. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And yeah, and I actually, I use both Draft2Digital and Kobo, so, um, but, but I do go direct with Kobo also to get into the promotional opportunities that Kobo has, which I'm sure we're gonna get into uh, quite some more, but, uh, but it's funny because the whole conversation about being wide, wide versus being exclusive, uh, Autumn and I just had a chat with, uh, about that the other day, for our for our mastermind group, but um, but for me it's it's sort of a no brainer. I mean, I, I don't want to put all my eggs in the Amazon basket for sure. Um, but the thing is also that then when you take the decision that you want to publish wide, then it it is harder to get traction on uh, on wide platforms like Kobo. It, at least it's my perception that Kobo just works a bit differently than Amazon. It's it's not quite the same machine in that way that that Amazon is. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to have some insights and thoughts here from you on, on how do an author get more traction on Kobo? <laughs> well, actually, uh, 
I, I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, I mean Amazon is the world's biggest bookstore. There's no disputing that. So they have a lot more customers. They have a you know 20 years of experience of building their platform as a as a book platform. So they've they've done that for a lot longer. Now Kobo is only about 10 years old, for example, and other platforms that'd be Kobo and Apple and Nook, you know, all the other uh, platforms that aren't Amazon. You have to pack a little bit of patience. Uh, when it comes to that, because, you know, for example, and but again, uh, things are changing on Amazon all the time. So, you know, it's pay to play now and, and you can't just publish a book on Amazon and it'll sell. You have to pay for ads. Yeah. So uh, with Kobo, you can get traction. And, and so you, you mentioned the, um, the promotions tab, uh, which is available if you're publishing direct to Kobo through Kobo Writing Life. And, and it's not automatically available. Once you have your Kobo Writing Life account, you have to email. Uh, writinglife at kobo.com and and ask for it and they'll uh, they'll add it to your account and then you could submit your titles to be considered for various promotional opportunities and and they usually have about probably um, 15 different promo opportunities on a regular basis a lot of them are, are the free page uh, so if you have a like a, a free lead generation title whether it's the first book in series or maybe it's a short story in your universe that ties back to a novel uh, that you have or a series of novels. You can use that. Those are those you actually have to pay for. Most of the other promos on uh, Kobo are usually um, usually something like the uh, monthly 30% off promo on science fiction and fantasy titles, for example. And instead of uh, you're agreeing to allow Kobo to give a coupon code to its best customers, who can get your book for 30% off, you do not have to change your price. And so what's critical about that is you don't have to change your price, meaning Amazon's not going to price match. It's it's an exclusive coupon for customers to use. So you leave your price normal and the customer gets the code. And instead of actually paying for that, you only pay for the books you sell during the promo. So uh, it's usually about 10%. So let's say your book is just because I'm not good at math. Let's just make it a $10 book. <laughs> it's a 30% off um, discount. So the consumer can get it for $7. And instead of getting the, uh, you know, the regular 70% on that, you would get the 60%. Um, so you, you make a little bit less, but unlike Amazon ads and other, you know, book bubs and things like that, you're not out of pocket initially. And, and the one thing I always have to remind authors of is, it's cool to pay for ads and then get paid for it, but you have to remember you're getting paid 45 or 90 days later. So you're out of pocket with some money and then you get the money a few months later. So it's not like, you know, I made $100 this month and I spent $75. Yeah, I'm $25 ahead. Well, no, no, no. You're $100 in the hole until 45 to 90 days later, depending like depending on the platform. Uh, you know, you're $25 ahead three months later. So... Uh, it's important to remember the the income and outcome, right, in terms of your expenditures, because sometimes you could um, be in the red a little bit uh, early on if you haven't budgeted properly. Yeah, yeah, but I think at least um, the promotions that um, that are listed on on Kobo Writing Life, I mean, many of they they're not like expensive stuff. So so it it, it might be I don't know twenty twenty thirty dollars something like that for, for I think for the for the, usually the most expensive ones. So, for sure. And and they unless you have a lot of books, I mean, they're not going to accept you're putting one book in fifteen different ones at the same time anyway. So I mean, it, and I think that I mean that is a good thing, you know, that that it's not yeah. expensive to um, advertise on Kobo. 
No, it's not. And and so what it sometimes takes on a platform like Kobo is just a little bit of extra lift or kick. So sometimes all it takes is a promo where you're going from selling nothing or maybe you're selling one book a month or one book a week, whatever it is. And, and then suddenly it doubles your sales or triples your sales. You know, I mean, going from one book to three, which doesn't seem like a dramatic thing, but it often it's a long, slow build. And I've often told writers on a platform like Kobo, it can take upwards of six months to nine months. And then that feeds the self-fulfilling prophecy of the Kindle Unlimited magic world and exclusive to to um, Amazon because a lot of authors will start, you know, Amazon first and then maybe after 90 days they, they try publishing wide. But, you know, 30 days pass and, and they're not seeing anything. And then at the end of that 90-day period, they, they go back to Amazon exclusivity. And, and one of the things that I have to caution authors about is every single time you delist your books from other platforms like Kobo, you're starting from scratch every single time. Even if you had sales in that period where you were published wide, the minute you delete your book or unlist the book, you are immediately going back to zero and you're starting not from where you were before, but you're starting from the beginning because Everyone seems to be familiar with the Amazon algorithms and the 30-day cliff, and you have to publish lots of books really fast to, to keep that going. Kobo and other retailers have algorithms like that, too, where your ranking and your trending and your ratings and, and things like that are based on customer behavior with interacting with that book and uh, related to all the other books. So Kobo, unlike Amazon, isn't mostly am uh, algorithm-driven. It's driven by a combination of algorithms and manual merchandisers. So not all that different than um, a bookseller in a bookshop who would, would take in, you know, a whole bunch of books from different publishers and then decide, okay, what books am I going to put in my front window? What books am I going to put on this display? Now, the promotions tab helps the Kobo Writing Life team find and curate titles from Kobo Writing Life from self-published authors to get their books onto the end caps and into those window displays, along with the big publishers who are constantly trying to pitch their uh, titles to the merchandising team for placement of new releases or special features, et cetera. At least from my experience, and, and it probably depends on the type of books and, and if you're hitting the right promotional option, but from my experience, there is quite a difference. You know, so, some of the promotional promotions that I've run sort of almost nothing happens from them and then others of them are quite good uh, but it's, it seems it depends a lot on I think what type of books you're promoting and if you're sort of hitting the right uh, promotional category there or whatever you want to call it yeah um, yeah and some of them work some of them don't the key is just like with bookbub right you, you apply and you apply and you apply again <laughs> you just keep applying yeah you apply you try it I mean what what did it cost you it didn't cost you anything in in most cases unless it was one of those small uh, pays uh, for like the free books and and you just keep trying because you never know what might hit here's the other thing um during election years for example people don't read as much so there could also be something going on was your book released the the, the week that the avengers endgame came out and you and you're writing you know superhero fiction well not as many people are probably going to be buying <laughs> books yeah. around that time period because they're all going to be excited about that or or you know game of thrones like during the the, the, the end of the season, people maybe are not buying as many fantasy novels, but after Game of Thrones ends and everyone's feeling like they're missing something, maybe then they're going to be looking for fantasy novels. So there's, there's all these other factors that have nothing to do with books and nothing to do with the platform 
that affect the behavior of consumers. And that's why, I mean, I often, I often say patience and persistence are two of the key elements that a writer needs in order to um, have long-term success as, as, as a writer. The other sort of weapon we have in our arsenal as writers is also um, using the, uh, not the book but feature deal, but the CPM apps. On, yeah, 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 for uh, sure. Where we can certainly target Kobo readers. But I was just curious uh, because I can, I, I can for sure uh, analyze my way to, to the fact that the, the largest Kobo audience is probably in Canada. And I would assume that it's quite large in the U.S., but, but how is it around, is there any like English-speaking territories, other places in the world that are really good targeting options maybe for your Facebook ads and stuff like that as well? Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. So uh, before, before we um, drop uh, talking about BookBub ads specifically is I have uh, worked with authors over the years who have been able to do BookBub ads for Kobo in both Canada and Australia for full price books, not for 99 cent books or 2.99 books, but for the full price, whether it's 4.99, 5.99, 6.99, whatever the price is. Mm-hmm. And those convert really, really well because uh, and, and BookBub published a stat, I think it was about six or nine months ago, it was on their on the BookBub blog that showed that 70% of their best customers, because they know who's clicking and who their consumers are, 70% of their most avid readers and buyers buy books at full price from BookBub ads. Uh, and and I know from evidence that I've seen from authors I've worked with that that works really really well on uh, both Kobo and on uh, Apple as well um, for Canada and Australia uh, for, as, as example. So that's good targeting. But so Canada and Australia are two of the two of the larger um, uh, markets for Kobo. Now Amazon does dominate the U.S., so Kobo doesn't have as big a presence in the U.S. Kobo uh, does things like they partner with the Independent Booksellers Association, uh, the ABA, the American Booksellers Association, where there's about 600 independent bookstores across the U.S. That if you go to their website, they're selling eBooks, but they're selling them through Kobo, and, and Kobo does that as a partnership so that uh, a local consumer could could purchase an eBook, and the local bookstore actually gets a cut of every one of those sales, even though it's entirely powered by Kobo. And I love that kind of collaboration because it allows the bookstore to do what they do best, which is move print books into the community. And uh, Kobo does what it does best, which is move digital books, uh, audio books and eBooks into the community without trying to put the bookstore out of business. So it's not the Amazon way of come in and bully their way through the market like Walmart, Amazon, and just push all the other independent retailers out of the way, but work collaboratively. And so in Canada, where Kobo was born, it's, you know, Chapters Indigo, which is a chain kind of like Barnes & Noble, only really, really successful. And um, and then in, in Australia, there was, uh, of course, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the of the major retailer, but there's a major retailer and, and a couple other retailers that Kobo's partnered with. So mm. those were markets Kobo got in early and partnered with. Now in the UK, Kobo is also partnered with um, WH Smith. And uh, and other uh, retailers in in the market, so that when you're buying eBooks um, from uh, WH Smith, you're actually buying them from Kobo. They're powered by Kobo. And when you go across different countries in Europe, Kobo is really strong, even for English language titles, in um, markets like the Netherlands and Belgium, uh, because they've partnered with Bol, and Bol is a major, significant Amazon-sized uh, retailer. And that's a great opportunity for writers because uh, folks in the Netherlands love uh, reading as well. Uh, there's also an additional program that I should mention that's only available in uh, through Kobo and Bowl in the Netherlands, which is called Kobo Plus. 
So think of it like Kindle Unlimited, except you don't have to be exclusive to uh, Kobo. And when you're listing your books in uh, Kobo Plus, um, what happens is you, instead of your book being listed twice, like once on Kobo and once on Bowl, it's listed four times. You're in the regular a la carte Kobo channel. You're also in the Kobo Plus channel. And then on Bowl, you're in the a la carte, and then you're in the Kobo Plus. So it's almost like doubling your SEO or, or your visibility of your titles to, to more readers because there are some readers who will buy, and then there will be other readers who say, well, for whatever price a month, I'm just going to read Unlimited. And so um, that's also been uh, a really good market for, uh, for Kobo authors. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Tr I have tried uh, before as well to run some uh, some Facebook ads specifically towards Netherlands and Belgium because uh, because of the Kobo Plus thing. But I, I didn't. I did. I was not able to really make much out of it. Um, but maybe I'm just thinking now that we were talking. Maybe it would, would be worth running the ads and actually me mentioning specifically Kobo Plus in the uh, in the ad text itself, which I did not do. Yeah, and I would, and I wouldn't even mention Kobo if you're doing it in the Netherlands because Kobo is probably not as well known a brand. Uh, Bol is the brand. Um, is that B A L L? B O L. B O L. So Bol.com. Um, only because, and and that's one of the reasons Kobo partners with uh, folks in different territories. I'll give you a perfect example. So Tolino is is huge in Germany, and Tolino was a known and trusted brand that was built out of a whole bunch of uh, chain and independent books uh, bookstores wanting to protect themselves from, from the onslaught of, uh, of, of Amazon coming in and, and killing them. So Tolino was a brand that was established years ago and has built up trust and it, it, it's, it's a German-born solution. So even though Kobo bought Tolino years ago, Kobo did not infuse itself into the market. Kobo actually backed out of the market and, and even though Kobo is producing the Tolino readers now, instead of it having the Rakuten Kobo brand on it, it has Tolino because Tolino right. is the trusted brand. Nobody right. knows Kobo in Germany, no, but no, they know right. Tolino. But, and but so, I assume they're still reading on the, from the Kobo e-reader, right? Or what? Yeah, well, Tolino actually has its own independent, uh, independent platform. Actually, ironically, you can't even get into Tolino directly through Kobo. Um, and, and it's still operated as a separate company with a separate trusted brand, even though Kobo owns the company and, and provides the, the hardware behind it. The actual ca catalog, believe it or not, um, the, the best way to get into Tolino is actually through draft to digital yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, that's because uh, when that happened, when the takeover, uh, when Kobo purchased Tolino, there was an easy way for authors to get their works into Tolino, and it was working 100%. So there was no reason for, when, when I was running the Kobo Writing Life team, there was no reason to go and rebuild something that would cost a lot of money if there was an easy way for authors to do it that was free. And there was, you know. So that's the kind of collaboration that a company like Kobo is interested in, is what's, how are we helping enable readers and writers to come together instead of making it more complicated? So um, they may one day invest in, in trying to get stuff into Tolino, but right now there's an easy way to get stuff there. So um, they don't have to you know, reinvent something when they can build something new and something fresh that doesn't already exist for authors. But that's a good point about uh, using the word correct sort of uh, words around their brands that the people know in the different countries because, uh, yeah, well, when I ran, ran the ads towards the uh, Netherlands and Belgium, I, I just wrote Kobo, right? And yeah. maybe that was exactly the reason why it wasn't a successful ad. 
You never, you never know, right? I think, I think Bowl is is a more well known brand, uh, yeah. and uh, that's been around a long, long time. And 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 you may, you may have better luck with that, or at least doing a combination of Kobo and Bowl or something like that. <laughs> and and that's what the partnerships are are, are all about. And I think that's a, a distinguishing factor that people don't think about when they think about, you know, Kobo is a single retailer, like, you know, like Amazon, but Kobo has different feels and different looks in different countries. And you can check this out. Uh, now, again, this is just on Kobo. It's not on their on their partner sites, but you can check it out if, if you're logged on to Kobo. So from Canada here, when I log on to Kobo.com, there's a little Canadian flag icon on the top right hand um, uh, of the screen. If I click on that flag, it opens up a screen that allows me to see what the US site looks like because it's merchandised differently. It's going to feature different titles. What the UK site looks like, what the what the German uh, site looks like, what the what the you know the the Netherlands or or Spain or or any of those other countries look like because they actually do have merchandisers uh, around the world who are working with the local publishers looking to spotlight uh, titles that are of interest to that specific market because they're not trying to Americanize <laughs> the entire world. <laughs> when it comes to the ad stuff, it's, it's always about figuring out the, the right sort of wording and then, then the, the right targeting. I mean, at least you can target, uh, at least with the Facebook uh, ads, yeah. you can, of course, select uh, all narrowing down your audience by selecting people who have Cocoa readers and all that good stuff. Yeah, which is, which is fantastic. It's so great that we have these kinds of tools available to us um, to make it easier to, to only show it to the right people. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Apart from the uh, paid apps that we then have the opportunities to run or use the promotional tab, is, is there anything else uh, one can do to increase their sales rank in the Cocoa universe? <laughs> Yeah, I know this sounds basic and simple, but I have to say it because people just don't do it, is uh, be inclusive. Don't just have links and share links to Amazon. I know it's the world's biggest bookstore, but they don't have every single customer in the world. They have a lot of customers, but there are people who read on different platforms. And again, I'm not saying this just for the benefit of Kobo. I'm saying it for the benefit of readers on, on Nook or Apple or or Google or any of the other platforms, because maybe they're a Bowl customer, maybe they're a Chapters Indigo customer in Canada or a WH Smith customer. And 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 this is where, um, before I started working with draft to digital when books to read, and that's books, the numeral two, read.com, when that was launched, I thought, what a brilliant idea, because prior to that existing, I, I would publish my books directly to Kobo, I would publish them directly to Kindle, and then I was using, you know, either Smashwords or draft to digital to publish wide. But I would create my EPUB, and then in the back of my Amazon book, I would have my Amazon links. And then in the back of my Kobo book, I'd have my Kobo links. And in the back of my, uh, while well, I started to do draft to digital, um, they automatically uh, will insert links to whatever retailer they're sending it to, which is brilliant. So now when I create an EPUB, I just use the uh, universal book links because, you know, for example, books to read.com slash killing it on Kobo, which is one of my books. If you, if you look, go to that link, you will find a, a link to Amazon Kobo, WH Smith, Google, um, Nook, Apple, all the platforms. But beyond just that, and this is valuable even if you are exclusive to Amazon, because when you go to Amazon, um, I would probably um, be redirected to the site in Canada, and then there's the .uk and the .com and the .de, et cetera, et cetera. 
And so the and same thing with Kobo. Kobo, uh, you know, is just Kobo.com in in most territories, but it also is going to if you click if you share a Kobo.com link from the U.S. And somebody in the UK clicks it, they're going to see the US page and then it's going to say, you can't buy it, you have to click on the UK page here. So it's an extra click. And, and, and you don't want extra clicks. You want people to be able to click the buy button right away. So what the Books to Read Universal Book Links does is it allows the, cons it, it knows the geo-targeting and sends the consumer to the place where they can actually buy it at that same retailer. Um, and, and being inclusive is the first step. Because if you're doing advertising and sharing stuff about your book, unless you're specifically targeting Kobo customers or Amazon customers in a different territory, um, because let's say you're part of a promo and you want to and you want to uh, share that, um, share universal links. Be inclusive of all the retailers. You never know um, where they're where they're hanging out. And and then similarly, I would say when you get a Kobo promo. It's not enough to just get the promo and sit back and, and cross your fingers. If you get a Kobo promo, let people know about it. If you have a newsletter, say, hey, I'm in a 40% off promo for June for, for Kobo. Here's a link to my titles. Just use this coupon code and you're done. And, 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 and again, if it's a specific territory, you can say, hey, depending on your newsletter, just send it to your UK authors if it's a UK only promo or, or you, you, I say UK readers um, um, or, or at least let them know saying, hey, I've got this book. Uh, it's 40% off on Kobo. This is only applicable to the major English language territories, US, Canada, UK, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, it's still available everywhere else, but not at the discount. Oh, and if you happen to be an Amazon reader, you know, here's the universal book link. You can just get it on any, any, any retailer if you want to read it anyways. Thanks for, thanks for being a reader. So I think being inclusive across the board is always your best option um, because a consumer may read that. Let's say you, your newsletter post and say, oh, my God, he's got this book I didn't even know he had, and it's on sale at Kobo. Well, I don't read on Kobo. I read on Apple. Oh, good. There's a link to Apple. It makes it easy for me to buy it anyways because if I'm interested – I'm going to buy it where I'm going to buy it anyways. I'm most likely not going to switch retailers just to buy it there because it's only available there or it's on sale there. Um, you're more likely to just go with what you're comfortable with. So I think inclusivity, um, like publishing wide, it's a, it's a much bigger thing uh, than, just <laughs> than, than just considering um, adding Kobo uh, to your to your profile, I would add as many retailers as possible because the the broader you extend your uh, publishing, the the broader the the potential customer and reader base can be. And that, and, and that would include library systems too, because through Kobo or through Draft to Digital or through other aggregators, you can also make your books available to the libraries. Um, and that's and that's yet another discoverability platform that I think is really fantastic for writers. Very good points there, and especially the thing about that there is no reason to try to fight people's habits because you're going to lose every time. You know, if they if they are buying books on Kobo, they will continue buying books on Kobo no matter how you how much you're pushing your Amazon links. You know, it, yes, it's just a waste of time. Um, but but I also think that the funny thing is also that we as authors we often get into this um, mentality that we think that readers know everything that we do because. Yeah. In my when I send out my my newsletters, for example, I at the bottom of the email I just have my books listed down there with, with right. some links to them, exclusive links, uh, like you're saying, of course, yeah. uh, or sorry, inclusive links. Yeah. Uh, but um, 
but just having them listed there, some people pick them up there and, and you should think, you know, after they've been on your list for like eight, 10, 12 months, you should think they know what, which books nope. I have, but they don't. <laughs> no. And, and it's just as, as an easy trap to fall into that you just assume yeah. that everybody knows it because they're on the list, but actually they don't. So just push a, push a link once in a while, not, not every three weeks when you get a new promotion, but once in a while pushing, it out, uh, pushing out a link, uh, especially if there's some discount, that's great. Um, but you will pick up new readers from your own email list. It's quite ironic to me. But I, I'm glad you mentioned that because that, that is extremely valuable. Um, it's true. Uh, they may have only attended to the top 20% of, of the last three emails you sent, but today they had more time and they actually read it all the way to the bottom and went, oh, look, he has other books. I didn't know that, even though you might have told them about it three months ago. Yeah. And, they opened, and, and they even opened the newsletter, but they just scanned it and they missed it. Right? We miss so much information. The, the other thing, and this is, this is really cruel, uh, critical, I should say, is uh, a good buddy of mine, Sean Costello, is a horror author. And, and through his newsletter, because I, I help him with his publishing and his marketing, through his newsletter, we had a, a 30% off box set promo. And it was only on Kobo. And so we sent out a, a note to the, the, the newsletter subscribers. And instead of just targeting Kobo people, we did send it to everyone just to let them know. But then we also included links to all the other retailers. Now, uh, we, had, um, we had like the main ones. So we had like Amazon and Apple and Nook there. And then we had the universal book link for all other retailers. And it was amazing how many sales we got on all the other retailers for a Kobo-specific promo. <laughs> so, you know, if, 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 you're, if you've got some promo on, on Amazon, for example, and the book's available other places too, but maybe it's not part of a promo feature, just be inclusive. Include those links. Like you said, they may go, oh, I didn't know this book was on Apple or Kobo or whatever, and they click on it. It, yeah. it never hurts, right, to, to have that available. No, as long as you do it in, with, with, you know, you're keeping your, your recipient of the email in mind that you don't spam them every three weeks to try to push more yes. sales because that's, of course. <laughs> that's a nightmare. But, but as long as you, 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 you keep them in mind and, and you're not doing it, I mean, that, that's why I like adding it to the end of the email often because then it's not, yeah. it's not the topic of the email. It's just there at the bottom if, yeah. Yeah, in, in a bit of a smaller fund as well. So it's just there, sort of yeah. like footer. Um, and that, that works quite well, I think. But yeah, I like I like that approach. <laughs> yeah, I do like that approach. I think that that works a lot better. You're making sure they're aware of something, but you're not jamming it down their throats. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, cool, Mark. I think we've covered a lot of useful ground here. Is there anything else we should mention before we round off? I just think uh, if if you can stand the sound of my voice and you enjoy hearing my thoughts on publishing and writing, I do have uh, a podcast of my own. It's a weekly podcast called Stark Reflections on Writing and Publishing. And folks can check it out at starkreflections.ca. I, I kind of share my thoughts on, you know, 30 years in the industry and all the things I'm continuing to learn every single day. Excellent. Yeah, I, I have listened to it myself as well, so I can recommend going checking it out. So thanks a lot for, for all you do, and uh, thank you for showing up on I Am Writing Fantasy Mark. That's great. Oh, thanks, Jasper. It's been, uh, it's been amazing.